Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we help entrepreneurs improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Whoop. Well, we got a little story of you, Ags. Tina Breckenfeld, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1995, is the founder and the CEO of Building Borough, a fractional facilities management company that helps entrepreneurs steward what is often their largest and maybe most expensive asset, their facilities. Since COVID, there have been major concerns about this with entrepreneurs, and Tina and her staff carry this burden with grace, integrity, and a servant's heart. So pass it back and listen up to Tina as she shares some good bull. Tina, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we've been connected on LinkedIn for a little bit of time. I love seeing your posts. I love hearing about you and Building Borough and all the things that you are doing and growing. And really, so with, with that in mind, thank you for joining us today and being willing to share your story. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Tina, tell us a little bit about your time at A&M. Specifically, what do you really miss? You know, When you think back of being a student, what do you miss that you, you don't have the ability to do now? You know, one of the biggest things I miss is the saying that a lot of people always said was from the outside looking in, you can't understand it. And from the inside looking out, you can't explain it. I, I think that explains AM so much. And it's the unity, it's the friendliness, it's the non-judgmental. And everybody's a family and it's true 12th man, right? I mean, you don't ever meet a stranger in an elevator if there's somebody in there with an Aggie ring on. And and I, I love that and I miss it. And I rave about my school to anybody who will listen. You know, there are always the people who say, you drank the Kool-Aid. And I'm like, I did and I loved it. And I would love to give you a sip of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Love that. And and I totally agree with that. I was in Miami uh, this week and was in just a random, you know, little uh, shop for lunch. And I was walking past the table and I heard Gigum and I like looked at him, you know, and, and we, we got to talking. So it, it was, it's definitely the Aggie network is strong out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tina, why don't you tell us a little bit about building Burrow and how did you start it? And where did the idea come from? And where are you on your entrepreneurial journey? with it. Building Borough is a fractional facility and operations management service. We have the unique ability to provide affordable and exceptional shared uh, services to the nonprofit sector and small business sizes. Um, our goal is to empower business owners to make informed decisions about their facility and operational needs. And how I came about it is, is really interesting. I did facilities for Fossil, the watch company back in the early 2000s, and it was at the height of their growth. And I fell into it and I loved it. I think it takes a type A personality to enjoy it. And then and I became a stay-at-home mom. And I tell everybody that the corporate world is not kind to stay-at-home moms. They say that they are, but when we try to get back into the workforce, they don't give us the same opportunities as they give everybody else. But I knew I wanted to stay in facilities, so I worked my way back into it. And where I found I was an extreme niche in the market was the fact that there's very few people who get the facility side as well as the operational side. And as I started interviewing, people are like, we have been looking for someone like you. Because in the facility world, I call it, there's doers and there's operational. So there's the doer that guy who can go around and change the light bulbs and fix the water heater where I'm able to do that stuff and hire the right people to also do it. But I'm also able to understand the capital expenditure side of it for my business aspect. So I'm able to bring both those two together and be a huge asset to a company. And for small business owners and nonprofits, they typically can't afford to put a facility manager on their staff. They don't realize that 14 people in the company are actually doing little pieces of that job. And it becomes an explosion at the point of when there is an extreme 
extremely expensive um, project that needs to be repaired. So say your HVAC system, for example, all of a sudden the girl who was kind of working this project on the side goes out of my wheelhouse. I can't justify coming to you and saying we need to spend $10,000 on it where I can walk and talk the language with the HVAC company and then bring it back to the owners and say, okay, this is what you need to do, but here are all the cost saving avenues of it. And you probably don't need to do this today, but you may need to do it in a year. So start saving your money. That is that is so awesome, Tammy. So, and I love your story, how you, how you fell into it. You love it. That's You realize that that's, you could speak two languages. You, you can translate right. facilities and operations and, and do that. What's the, what's the type of client or the size or the industry? I know you're very, very supportive of nonprofits um, that really gets maximum value out of you and your team. Yeah, I would say a small to medium-sized business. Now, I would take on a large business, but typically the small business owner can't fork out a salary for somebody like us. And so they go, I'll do it. But then what makes me sad for them is they are not able to focus on what they really wanted to do with their business. Same thing with the nonprofit. I want the nonprofit to focus on what their goal is. And they can't do that if they're worrying about when are the fire extinguishers going to be um, examined? Are we going to pass code if the fire marshal comes through? Where I'm able to do that, but I'm able to do it at a fraction of the cost because I can do that for many companies at one time and share those services amongst them and share the vendors among them. That's so cool. So let me ask, how did you even get doing that? I mean, start that. And where did that idea even come from? Just in, And I know we just talked about that, but literally, like, were you just sitting there one day and you're like, you know what, this is what I want to do? Actually, in 2019, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I had to leave my job. And when I did, um, I was asking God, what am I supposed to do next? What do you What do you want to empower me with next? And I heard clear as day, one day him say, you will help hundreds, if not thousands. And I actually told my husband, I said, I had the craziest conversation with God today. Wow. This is what he told me. And and I was like, I don't know what that means. And I actually went into an interview at a nonprofit, very cocky, thinking I'm not going to take this job. God's spoken to me. I know I'm supposed to start my own business. And the last thing the CEO said to me when he walked out of the room, is he goes, I really hope you take this job. I think you can help us help hundreds, if not thousands. And I almost fell out Whoa. of my chair. <laughs> and I knew then that I was supposed to go there. But I spent a year at that nonprofit questioning why I was there. And I realized then that God gave me even one more loop in my belt buckle because he was, I'd worked in the corporate world. I'd worked in a for private company. And then I had worked in the nonprofit. So now I got every aspect of the business and I could knew that I needed to niche down because when I was going to start my business, there's a facility on every corner. And I was like, oh, the world is my oyster. But it's like, where do you start? It becomes very overwhelming. But then when I had realized what had happened, I was like, okay, now I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to help that small business owner and I'm supposed to help that nonprofit and be able to grow with them as well. So Tina, you, you talk about being able to branch the facilities and the operations. And so I'm sure you're probably involved with like strategic planning and helping either, you know, helping your customers, whether they're a nonprofit or a for-profit company, if, if they're growing, they're going to need more facilities, maybe not necessarily to own right away, maybe to lease and then to grow mm-hmm. in their ring. But how, how does a fractional facilities manager like yourself really integrate into the leadership team with those strategic discussions? A lot of it has to do with what is keeping them up at night. You know, I always say, you don't need me until you you need me. And then you're like, oh, I know exactly who we're looking for because we're able to come in and take the big global picture of what's happening in your organization and help you determine like where you're spending money you shouldn't be spending it on, providing you some really good vendors, looking at all your contracts, putting everything in a process. Well, I mean, for a type A personality, 
this job is a dream job because it is all about organization and being a step ahead. Because in facilities, we are typically reacting to situations. That's just the nature of our business. But now I'm trying to say, let's do as much preventative work as we can on the forefront. And then on the back end, there will be reaction, but we're going to hope that it's a lot less and it's going to cost you a lot less money. So let's let's switch gears a tiny bit here and let's talk about your company's values. How did you select them? How has that impacted your growth? The biggest thing is I have always told people when I meet them and I learn more about them, I always say, I want you to share your life. And in 2020, when I was considering starting this business, I came across Matthew 5, 16, and it says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. And I realized in that moment, that's the gift that God has given me is facilities. People always, when they meet me, they go, nobody smiles when they talk about facilities, but you smile and but get you excited do. about it. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I actually love it. I love to help people. And I love that every day is a different day. So the main value of my my business is integrity. I hold that very high. Um, I think part of that stems from coming from A&M. But when my vendors um, have to introduce me to somebody or they introduce me to future clients, they go, the number one thing that stands out about Tina is her integrity because it's very, very specialized in this area. And you know, typically who my competitors are big conglomerates and they are char- overcharging the customer and the customer may not be getting the end product. So I want people to know we serve with a servant heart, that our integrity is what keeps us up at night and to make sure we're not cutting corners because that's where I can make money is I can cut corners and you would never know it. But my goal is to not do that and to provide you, especially as a small business owner, that every dollar means something to you. And I want you to be able to plug that back into your nonprofit or back into your business and for it not to be spent on facility. That That is so cool. And I think that there's, there's nothing better that can be said of any of us that we have the highest level of, of integrity that, that your word, word is your bond, especially like you said, your niche where you have really focused in on and the, the small to medium sized businesses, you know, they have to maximize every dollar. And, and you as an entrepreneur yourself realize that and takes that is extremely serious. Yeah. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, it determines if they can turn a profit or not. And facilities, we know in facilities world, we are the biggest expense on a company's budget, you know, line item. And I want to help reduce that as much as I possibly can and make it make sense for you and help you prepare for the future because there will be capital expenditures, but at least you have time to save up for those and know that it's coming. Well, Tina, has there been something that has happened probably in the last, I don't know, 12, 18 months that has really um, set you and Building Bureau on on a strong growth path and really to be able to kind of accelerate and and do everything that you're doing, but at such a higher level? Yeah. So the industry trend right now with post-pandemic is the fact that um, companies are looking at doing a smaller footprint, right? Before they may have had 30,000 square feet. Now they're like, we need to go down to 20,000 square feet. But then from a facility side, there's a lot of questions with that. Are you hoteling because of that? You know, some people are like, some people can work from home. Some people need to be in the office. But if you're going to hotel, have you taken in the consideration, the health of the employees? In facilities world, some of the biggest things we're hearing right now is the air that can, the air that their employees are breathing, the disinfecting that is happening in buildings because they've increased the disinfection. So then people are getting scared about that because there's so much chemicals in the air. And so safety has become a huge priority. And so they are realizing now that they have to have somebody come in and help them take a look at that. And do they need somebody full-time to do that? I disagree with the industry on that. They're, they're predicting that facility managers are going to go through the roof in terms of uh, demand for them. I don't know that that's true. I think that as a fractional person, I can do a lot of good for them without them having to spend that extra dollar and increase their headcount. That is so interesting. I mean, really just just hearing, <laughs> I mean, we've had a lot of people on, on Ag Growth Hacks that are fractional, like 
like, you know, CFOs and fractional, you know, chief marketing officers and fraction, you know, so having a, a fractional uh, facilities manager is really super cool. This is a great idea, honestly. Um, so what's been your biggest challenge and how are you kind of overcoming that? This is a male dominated industry. And when a female walks into it, we still get the side eye. Um, do you know what you're talking about? And what makes me unique is I may not be the mechanical person, but I know the right people to call to get the job done. But I know that operation side forwards and backwards, and I can speak their language. I was recently at a huge conference and was asked to be an expert panelist. And I'll tell you the whole the whole mentality sets in that, you know, maybe you're not an expert, maybe you should be here. And I was surrounded by men and I was getting the side eye when I was there. But I'll tell you, I watch body language. I could tell that I was hitting a nerve with people, a good yes, nerve, you know, you go. and then, yeah. And then at the end, um, when there's the question and answers, all the questions were geared at me. And I loved it. It was this moment of God reassuring me that I'm doing the right thing and that I am an expert in my field. But, you know, we get that imposter syndrome. It's like, am I? Am I really ready to do that? Am I that next level? I love it. I eat it up. That That is so vulnerable for you to yeah. share that, Tina. Thank you. Thank you for that. But let me let me follow that up with, with a question. So how do you deal with the imposter syndrome that you've got? I mean, you, you just said that, like, look, technically and tactically, you are more competent than anyone else in the room. But but that little person in your head <laughs> doesn't let you speak that. So so how do you deal with that? I just forced myself through it. I did a podcast doing the same thing and I talked through it. And at the end, I looked at her and I said, could y'all tell how nervous I was? And everybody's like, no, you sounded like you knew exactly what you'd been doing. And I think it's just, we are always looking up to other people. And so we assume everybody else has that knowledge. But I'm also a big believer, you always have to be coachable. And so I'm always the first person who goes, I don't know, but I will definitely dig into that and find out. I don't think no matter where you're in your career, when you think that you're not coachable anymore, I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah, 100%, 100% on that. I mean, you know, and I was talking about that with, you know, somebody yesterday, literally about having a business coach. And she was like, you have a business coach? I've never heard of that. I'm like, I wouldn't go into business nowadays without a business coach, you know, and and learning from from a community of people for sure. What's your big, hairy, audacious goal? What's your, what's your five to 10 year moonshot? Without a doubt, it's making the Aggie 100. My company's too young to even be considered yet, but man, like I'm telling you, that is the number one thing on my list. And then secondly, I think it's it's about giving back to AM financially. Um, I give back as much as I can in my time, but I would love to be able to give back to the McFerrin Center in a variety of ways. I think the McFerrin Center is doing something that is very unique. And what I love most is listening to the, the kids that are here now and hearing where their brains are working. And I always say, don't count them out. You know, I, I have a daughter that was class of 19. And she says, one of the things that always drove her crazy is when you're the young person in the room, people think you don't have a voice. And I was like, wow. I was like, for me, I listen to those because those are my future customers. And I really want to know how they're thinking and what they think is important to them. Because the way we're going to survive and thrive is by listening to the younger generation. And don't think you can't learn something from them. I would tell you, I probably learned more from that generation than my generation. Well, I think Chris and I would both agree. And we're, we're not biased at all. But the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship is definitely an amazing organization that is helping entrepreneurs, Aggie entrepreneurs, non-Aggie entrepreneurs really kind of take that next step forward. But what is so cool is to, to actually hear entrepreneurs like you that are, that are out in the wild, that are doing the hard work, that are creating companies, that are making great things to happen for yourself, your employees, and your clients to realize, hey, A&M has got it together and, and we want to support that and foster that. So cannot wait to party with you at the Aggie 100 <laughs> where where you're going to be a 
awarded and and we're gonna we're gonna just speak it into it right now we're gonna Perfect. say top five top five is for first time top five <laughs> nice. i love it i agree <laughs> well speaking of the mcfair and center for entrepreneurship let's pause here for a second from this episode sponsor Okay, we're back. Tina, we are into the lightning round of Aggie Growth Hacks. Super, super simple. Each question, please answer in one minute or less. So what is your favorite hack, business hack, personal hack, time hack? What can we learn from you? My favorite is the focus button on your computer or on your cell phone. I turn everything off um, and I'm able to drill down on what I need to do for the day. I actually heard somebody one time say, if the first thing you do at work is open up your email, you've let somebody else dictate how your day is going to go because you're responding to someone else. So I plan my day the night before. Um, Even if I have to stay up late, I plan all through my emails. I will look at the emails in the morning, but it's to see if they match what my plan is for the day or if there's some crazy fire going on that I need to react to. Literally, you might have a literal fire. (laughs) It's probably not in an email. That's probably a call, but you literally could have a fire. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) And that's that's our industry. You know, I always tell people I have a plan for the day and some days I walk in the door and I throw that plan right over my shoulder and out the door. But we, we try. <laughs> I can totally imagine. So, Tina, tell us what is the favorite advice you've ever been given? And we will give you uh, 1,995 <laughs> extra points for how you applied. It. Okay. <laughs> so, my favorite is Professor at AM once said, and I think it was in an economic class, he made the comment if you can ever figure out how to use stay at home moms in your business, you will be extremely successful. And I love that. And I've never forgotten it. And I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. But after I became a stay-at-home mom, I realized that the world thinks that we eat bonbons and watch soap operas all day. And the one thing I tell people is I was like, they are actually some of the most brilliant women because they're running a household on one income. They're raising the future of our society. And they're typically on the PTA and raising all kinds of money with you know no overhead. So they're actually very brilliant women who've just chosen to be at home. And so with my business, that's my goal. A lot of what I can do with fractional pieces is women can work from home and do a lot of the work and help building borough get established. And I would love to tap into whether it's stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads, people who want to use their brain a little bit differently, but only maybe have two hours in a day, or maybe they can only do it in the evening. I'm going to find a way um, to integrate that into my business. So so let's, I'm going to pause the lightning round for a second, just kind of dive in a little bit more. So so are you specifically, are you looking for people with facilities backgrounds, with, with trades backgrounds, you know, who, Who's the perfect type of person, uh, stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, that can help you? Really? I mean, yeah, I'd take a tradesperson, but really it is a type A personality, which is a lot of stay-at-home moms, because I can teach them what they need to know because it's about staying organized and it's helping other people stay organized. And so when you drill down these women who can schedule you know, three or four kids going in 10 different directions, that's exactly what we do in facilities management. We are we are babysitting vendors all day long. I always tell people I'm an overpriced babysitter um, because I'm following through on project and these women could totally do this and they could do it from home and I could teach them how to do it. Okay, let's, let's keep <laughs> digging into that because <laughs> how do you find that person? Because that that would be perfect in my business and I'm sure all the entrepreneurs listening to this right now are going, yeah, you're right. We need those people. Ask. That's the biggest thing is don't don't just post the job. Post it on Facebook and on LinkedIn and ask family and friends. I, I can't tell you the number of people go, well, Tina, when you're ready, I got, I got friends who are looking for something like that, right? Because, you know, post-pandemic, we've changed in terms of 
of um, the work from home mentality, but they are still looking for people to work eight to five. Or this is, I could I could use two hours here, I could use two hours there. I have clients that aren't going to need somebody full time, but just need me to babysit, tag team me with somebody else who can go out and handle it. I can figure out what you're good at. I can niche down. You tell me what you love to do, what you what gets you up out of bed every morning, and I can figure out how to use that in my business. Every business should be doing that because there are so many people out there that just would like a couple of hours a day and they could have a huge impact on your business and a very positive impact on your business. What a cool way to actually expand not only your business from the number of clients that you serve, but from a geographic perspective as well, to be able to say that it doesn't matter where I am and where you are, you're going to have these needs. And an HVAC in Georgia is the same HVAC that's in California. I mean, the the environment may be different. I I get that. I understand that. But you, you still need to maintain it. You still need to service it. You still need to replace it. Right, right. And you, and everybody's got contacts. And those stay-at-home moms, they are full of contact. Uh, they they network all day long. That's what they're doing. They're going to lunch with their friends. They're going to lunch with the other PTA members. They're going and asking people for things. Their contact book is huge. And you need to be tapping into that. So cool. Okay. Lightning round back on. Game on. Tina, <laughs> 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 I think the connection might be your superpower. But what do you think your superpower is? <laughs> I'm a connector. I speak at AM a lot of times about networking. And I would tell you, I'm always loving to learn what other people do. And while you're telling me what you do, I'm immediately trying to figure out, can that impact me in some way? Or do I know somebody that that can impact? And even if I don't have the answer, I tuck you away. I have a, I actually keep this certain kind of spreadsheet that I keep with all my contacts in and what, where I met them and um, what they did. And you would be surprised at how many times I reach out to somebody and I call them soft introductions. And I will shoot off an email and introduce you to somebody else and go, hey, I think the two of you need to talk. And then I back out of it. But what now has happened is people call me, my friends, my book club friends, random people call me and go, who's your plumber? Um, who do you recommend for embroidery? Because they know I'm making those connections. So um, I would say being a connector is one of my, is probably my superpower. <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. So Tina, what gets you out of bed and excited about your business? I, I love what I do. And you know, the old saying that, you know, if you love what you do, it's never a day at work. I literally feel that way. Um, every day is different. My job is not the same in any capacity. And when I joke about fires, there literally could be one, but you just don't know what the major problem is that happened overnight that you're walking into the next morning. And the other thing is with being such a heavily faith-based person, I feel like every day when you get up, God is giving you a gift and it's wrapped up in a box. And the question is, are you going to give the gift away or are you going to receive a gift that day? And so I look at that as, ooh, what is he going to do for me today? And so even if it's a bad day, in that moment, you're like, ooh, something's going to come out of this and I can't wait to see what it is. So when I think when you walk, wake up with this extremely positive and go get them attitude, it changes everything about your day and and get and puts a little pep in your step to jump out of bed and say, what is what is he going to give me today? Love that. That is so cool. And and to to uh, what you share earlier to to share your light every single day. That yes, is, that's great. That's awesome. Well, Tina, how can the Aggie Growth Hacks family get in touch with you? How can we connect with you and your network and not only connect with you, but how can we support and encourage you? The way to connect with me is via LinkedIn. I, and I love Aggies. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've gone into business with an Aggie. And we know on LinkedIn, a lot of random people now try and connect with you. But um, if you're an Aggie, I definitely click the connect button. And I'd love to learn more about your business. And I'm located up in the Dallas area. I'm always willing to take somebody to lunch and learn more about their business and see how I can, I can connect them with other people. You can also find me on my website, which is Building Burrow, which is B-U-R-R-O. Um, not not the burrow like a, a wheelbarrow, but a burrow, B-U-R-R-O. 
R-R-O, that's a donkey.com or at my phone number, which is uh, 972-998-9409. And the best way to encourage me is just connect with me. I, I'm my biggest uh, cheerleader next to my husband um, because I know what I'm what I'm doing, but I want to be somebody else's cheerleader and support them, especially the, the next generation. What can I do to get you to step out of your comfort zone and go after your dream? Because we all have them and it's time for us to go conquer them. Well, thank you so much, Tina, for coming on the Aggie Growth Hacks podcast and sharing with the Aggie entrepreneurs and, and entrepreneurs that are listening right now uh, around the world. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What a, what a great podcast. Well, how about that, Ags? Was that pretty awesome or what? I know that I, I wrote down a ton of things that I took away from Tina on that episode, and I don't even know where to narrow it down as far as what, <laughs> what I think was the most valuable. But Greg, what was the most valuable thing that you took away from that? Well, I like the fact where she talked about how she, she, she always wanted to learn. She always wanted to grow, but she always wanted to be coachable. And, yeah. and I think that that's something that a lot that a lot of the guests that we have on Aggie Growth Hacks share in common. Uh, they they want to learn and they want to get better and they realize that they don't know everything. You know, and I think that, that Tina to be so open and honest and to be able to share that and say, look, I want to learn. I want to be coachable. I, I, I know I don't have all the answers, but you know what? She also has that type A personality that really was like, well, I may not know, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to learn and I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm going to take that and I'm going to pair that with my servant's heart and make sure that I can leverage that for myself, my customers in the future. Um, so that that was really cool that that I took away. What about you? So I, I really loved the idea and love the idea of the stay-at-home moms, right? Being able mm-hmm. to tap into that huge network of people that are being completely underutilized uh, in, in you know, really the whole world. I mean, there's she a lot had of a great not- mindset over that right yeah uh, yeah absolutely and and you know and she got that by the way right she said her her econ professor uh talked about that and i mean what better place to get something like that than from texas a&m but you know i think that she's right it's a completely untapped network of of people that are completely underutilized that we can every single business i don't care who you are every single business out there can tap into that and and if you can figure that out man you 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 will be much better off and put not just the stay-at-home moms but the stay-at-home dads you know people that that just have like two, three, four hours to give every day, maybe, you know, they, and, and they've got all of these talents that they already have that that God has given them. So why not tap into that? So that's my one big one. And, and bonus is the focus button. I love that, you know, yeah. to be able to focus. And it sounds like she blocks and tackles, by the way. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but, you know, to be able to focus on the important things that you need to do for your business is so very important. So, so important. And I, I don't use that focus button on my computer. I do on my on my phone. I do on uh, Teams, Microsoft Teams when I need to focus on something, but doing it on the entire computer is pretty cool. I mean, that would be pretty awesome to shut everything else out and focus on what I need to focus on. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. And, and just, just to realize, if, if Tina can do it, where literally <laughs> there might <laughs> she might have a fire drill, right. a real fire drill, if right. she can do it, there's no excuse for any of us that, that says we can't do it. Absolutely. Well, I guess that's going to do it 
it for this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We hope that you connect with Tina. I mean, Axe, she gave you her phone number. So reach out to her if if you're looking, if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad and you're looking for something to do, you want to connect with Tina. Maybe you, you are a small to medium-sized business that have some facility questions and you need her expertise and to be able to, to uh, use her time, talents, and treasures for your benefit. Just knowing Tina's heart, that's definitely what she wants you to do. So connect with her. Do yourself a favor. While you're on the web, connect with Chris and I. If you're not connected already, if you are, you're obviously listening to Aggie Growth Hacks. If you're not subscribed, hit subscribe, leave us some stars, leave, leave us a review. But really, Ags, we want to connect with you. And don't forget to go to aggiegrowthhacks.com where you can hear this episode with Tina as well as our previous episodes and other great content. We want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship at Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a entrepreneur, head on over to their website right now to find a program that's right for you. Just go to aggiegrowthhacks.com forward slash McFerrin. Well, join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig them. Whoop.